Hey, welcome to California Haunts Radio tonight. My name is Charlotte. I'll be your host for the next hour. Please excuse that annoying hum in the background. It is 109 degrees today, and I wasn't planning on running the air conditioner. Let me do this. Okay. I wasn't planning on running the air conditioner in here. In fact, I had tested it out today to see how quickly the room would warm up at 109 outside, and uh, it got hot way too fast in here. In fact, you know, it just even putting a fan in here is just craziness. This room's a lot bigger. So I decided to run the AC, so that's what you're going to hear in the background, but hopefully it won't be too annoying. Welcome to the show tonight. We're on a special night, Thursday night, and uh, I'm gonna, while we're here, I'm going to make an announcement is that next month we'll probably be doing more three, uh, three shows, starting three, three shows a week at some point. So we'll see how that works out, because we're pretty well booked up for next month, and, and people still want to be on the show, so I just might go on a um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday format for the show. So kind of be looking out for that. But welcome. I'm Charlotte. Again, I'm your host. And I am also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, based on, primarily based out of Sacramento. But we also have branches in Southern California, Northern California, um, Modesto, that area, Central Valley, California. I'm trying to remember where I'm at. Um, we got some people in Hawaii. We've got some people in Oregon and Washington. So we're, we're spread out pretty good for this team. And uh, we're non-profit and all that good stuff. We'll come out to your house, and if you have any ghosties or anything, or you think you've got ghosties running around, we'll come out and take care of that for you. No charge. Anyway, welcome tonight. We've got a special guest tonight. And I think I'll let him do the talking so we can hear from him right away. So let's do this. Let's get busy. Hello. Howdy, howdy. How are you? I'm well. Good to see you, Charlotte. Yes. How, I mean, yeah. So tell me about yourself, sir. Well, uh, I am the Hollywood hypnotist, uh, board certified hypnotherapist as well as a comedy stage hypnotist here in Southern California, where um, I've got both companies, uh, Mind Growth Technology and Deep Sleep Entertainment, where, of course, the uh, Deep Sleep Entertainment is the comedy hypnosis shows and the mind growth is the serious side of hypnosis where you get to change your lives and however you want to do that with the application of a natural organic process called hypnosis. Interesting. Tell me, how long have you been doing this? I've been doing this now for 26 years. And wow. I, actually went, I actually went to college for it, uh, studied uh, got certified, uh, actually went in for the college credit. I didn't really have a, a whole serious interest in it. I think like maybe a lot of people possibly listening or tuning in where 
you know, I was on the cynical side of it, the skeptical side of it, not really understanding fully what it was because uh, I was under the impression, like everyone else, of what our world puts out there. And that's the stereotypical of what this stuff is and what you see in the movies and on television. And I thought, yeah, whatever. And so uh, I was in between jobs. And when I'm in between jobs, I always go academia. And so I went back to school. I had an opportunity. And I thought, wow, I teach hypnosis in a school? Kind of interesting. I only was aware of it in books and that kind of thing. But uh, decided to uh, go in for the introductory program. And then uh, that was it. I signed up for the whole two-year program and graduated. And here I am 26 years later. (laughs) So what is the difference between um, what you see on TV and what you do? Well, uh, what you see on TV is not much different um, in regards to showing people the entertainment side of, of hypnosis. I mean, if you go and check out my YouTube and my website, you'll see all of the television appearances that I've done. Which They always want to put that little spin on it to sensationalize it, to make it a little more mysterious and to show how, I guess, powerful that it is in that way. Um, So it's not so different, but what I try to do in everything that I do, either be a lecture or stage hypnosis, or even in my own private practice, I try to make it an educational platform to have people have a better understanding, kind of like what you're doing. Um, Give them a better understanding about what this is, what it really isn't, and what's the potential, what's not the potential, and just take away the whole mystery and the whole um, you know, you know, people's perception of what they think that it is. So I always, always give an educational platform wherever I'm at. It's not boring and mundane like a like typical school. But if you really pay attention to what's happening, just like what's going to happen in this program today, you're going to learn a lot about the applications of a, a natural organic process, and you're going to learn a lot about yourself. Interesting. Yeah, because I know there's people that are afraid to be hypnotized because they're afraid that things are going to come out that they, they're not comfortable with. <laughs> exactly. Just like now, people are afraid to look into my eyes who are watching this program. It has nothing to do with my eyes. And so that's why. <laughs> because that's what we're taught, right? Uh, right? As a matter of fact, as you can see behind me, I have some amazing original posters from the 1800s and some from very famous movies in the 50s. I'm also a collector and a historian of because uh, I'm very passionate about about hypnosis and what and what I do. And so I always love to educate people. That's why I'm doing this program today to just get the word out there as to what this really is. And so it's not done with the eyes. Uh, I don't, if you notice, I didn't bring my pocket watch and I'm not swinging. And you don't look like Stromboli. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) back in the 90s, um, I kind of thought that was the look. And so I had the whole goatee (laughs) and the the darkness about me. And, you know, I kind of played around with that a little bit uh, in earlier parts of my career. But as time moved on, I realized that that was kind of hurting the message that I was trying to put out instead of giving the real message of what people needed to hear. So, (laughs) yeah. So what do you tell somebody that that's not too sure about it? I mean, you know, you know, because I know even with your private practice part of it, I'm sure you give uh, reluctant people. Oh, all the time. I I get that question 
uh, if I'm walking in the grocery store, wherever I'm at, and people discover who I am. They probably one of the first questions. And, you know, I just tell them, look, we're in and out of hypnosis about a thousand times a day. It's a very natural, organic state. Common forms of hypnosis is when you're driving up the highway, freeway, you're just driving along, you're minding your business, listen to the radio, listen to this program. And some people right now, as they're listening to this program, they just missed your exit. It was three exits back. Sure. Uh, watching a good movie, reading a good book. Uh, I, was in, I had a very, very interesting conversation with uh, James Cameron. If, you, if you're aware who he is, he's a very famous uh, Hollywood movie director, producer. Uh, he's pretty well known for his movie Avatar and Titanic. And Well, this was right after Titanic. And I'm going to tell you the same thing I, I, tell, I told him, that you're a hypnotist, by the way, and so was he. And he was dumbfounded and he didn't quite understand what that meant. So I explained it to him because we're all hypnotists in our own way. If you are, let's say, James Cameron, well, you made a movie based on actual true facts, but there's a lot of sensationalism and Hollywood special effects to create the emotional response that people had walking out of the movie Titanic, right? right. They're crying, they're, they're absorbed by this, this storyline. Well, it was a movie. And some of it was actuality, but it was a movie. So that's what he created to allow you to be in that state of mind to actually dive 100, no pun intended, 100% into the reality of what he was producing. It's the same thing with this radio program. It's people listening. They're tuning in. They want information. They want to be enlightened. They want to understand a little bit more. And so they're not really thinking about anything else while they're tuning in. So you're the hypnotist per se, and you're, you're kind of guiding them through the entire program as to where they need to be. And they come out with an excellent experience. That's why they continue to come back and listen for more. And every time you produce your show there, there's your listeners, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you're a hypnotist within yourself as well. So that's the applications of a hypnotic state. It's very natural, very organic, and that's how it works every single day. So why not control the state that you're in instead of the environment or anything else controlling you? It's being aware and allowing your space to become what you want it to be. And hopefully it's a very positive space because that's the work that I do with the tool and the modality of hypnosis to help people to help themselves. That's my passion in life. Interesting, interesting. And have you ever had anybody that just can't get into that, 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 that frame of mind? Because I know I have friends that have, have ADD, you know what I mean, where it's just hard for them to focus. Yeah. Um, yes and no. It depends on, on the operator. It depends on the hypnotist. It depends on their mm -hmm. skill. It depends on their technique. So I, I get the op opportunity, the luxury, because of my lectures, because of my stage shows, because of my private practice, I get the luxury of hypnotizing many, many people a year. And so after 26 years, you get pretty good at the technique. Uh, I've even invented certain techniques for difficult people uh, with ADD or other conditions that where you have to really understand where they're at to be able mm -hmm. to induce the hypnotic trance to allow them to have that experience. And so, again, it comes down to, like anything else, the, the operator, the, the hypnotist, and how skilled uh, 
and how long they've been doing it, all of those things that allow one to become a professional to really allow somebody to have that experience. And so over the years, I have dealt with so many different, not only in the stage settings, but in my private practice uh, with so many different issues and so many different requests of life that I've had to really understand that myself and it became very challenging. And of course, here I am today, you know, my success rates hitting around 98, 99%. That's incredible. And, um, you know, you started out like anybody else. How did you manage uh, being able to hypnotize celebrities? This is what I'm fascinated about. The, did they start coming to you or did you have to find them or how did that yeah, work? No, uh, you, like, like any other doctor, um, you don't see the doctors, they put advertising out there and they, they, there's no like neon signs to come into their establishment to get medical treatment. And so as a hypnotherapist, that was a challenging uh, scenario for me as well. And um, so I basically started, uh, that's why I started the stage shows, we'll get to in a minute, but I'll answer the question as to how the celebrity started coming, where when I graduated, I decided, okay, I'm going to take a run at this and really get into it, opened up my own private little practice up in the Valley in, in, in the California. And um, the word started getting out because I started with the traditional concepts of what hypnotists are known for, which is stop smoking, lose weight, stress, and anxiety. So I started out that way as well. And um, my the word started getting out about how successful I was and how I was able to help people within a couple of sessions. And so being in Los Angeles, an entertainment town, um, the word gets out pretty fast of what's going on because people – People think it's a very large world, but in the end, it's really a very small world. And it's so interesting how people are connected in so many different ways in this little small world that we really live in. And so the word got out and then the celebrities started coming because they have issues just like anyone else. They're human and they have things and challenges that they wanted to overcome and they have the resources to do it. And so therefore... They started hearing about me and one thing led to another. And of course, everything that I do is confidential. And so I wasn't allowed to really speak about it or mm-hmm. advertise it or any of that. It wasn't me who really even named myself the Hollywood hypnotist. It was Access Hollywood uh, where they found out uh, one of the celebrities had gone on Jade Leno. And they basically said, yeah, I went to the hypnotist guy and I stopped smoking. And that led to opening up the door of TV shows and celebrities who are going on TV and talking about me and my work. And then I'd get the media calling and they'd be talking about me and my work, Los Angeles Times, all the major television shows. And so that's how that all manifested itself uh, to be what it is today. Yeah. Well, I would think with celebrities, uh, I know you know, we'll share the same problems. We're all human, you know. Yeah. But I would tend to think with celebrities that it might be magnified a little bit because they have to look a certain way on camera. You know, they they have to like not by have the, like the smoking vices. I, I think wouldn't be a real hot thing when, when you got to kiss your co-stars. You know that kind of thing. So I would think that it, it would be something that they would really, really want you to be doing. Absolutely, uh, you know, because their lifestyle again is under the 
microscope. It's under the magnifying glass. And so there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stuff that happens with that mm -hmm. career choice. And so therefore with that comes a lot of things that have to be dealt with as a human being. And so, yeah, there's lots of good people like myself who understand that because again, I'm an entertainer as well. And so mm -hmm. I understand the, the, the dynamic of that and how to help them to get where they need to be. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, you, you were, you were going to talk about your stage show. Yeah. The stage show, uh, that's, uh, that's so much fun. And that's how, you know, I, when I graduated from the school, I, I was trained as a serious clinician and it was medical and stage hypnotism wasn't really discussed. It wasn't even alluded to. It was something that was, you don't want to get into that area because it, it will ruin your reputation. Stage hypnotist or those guys you see in the carnival and sideshows and, you know, all of that kind of thing. If you're going to be a serious hypnotist, then don't even think about it. Well, the story is that as I was progressing in my little tiny office up in the valley, um, of course, at that time, I started seeing a lot of celebrities and a lot of entertainment people, as I do today. Um, and I don't like to emphasize that so much because, again, I'm not just exclusive to the uh, celebrity or sports figures. It's everyone. Anyone who wants to call my office, I'm, I'm more than happy to help. That's what my passion is, is to help people to help themselves, not just that that market. But that's what I've become known for. So what happened was one of my patients had told was going to a party and they had told this major producer up in the hills uh, about me. And um, he kept calling my office because he was having this party mm -hmm. up in the hills and it was a very special party and he wanted some entertainment. And he was familiar with, and I don't know if you're familiar with some of the uh, old hypnotists uh, who used to dominate the Los Angeles area, which is Pat Collins. Mm -hmm. And so he was familiar with Pat Collins. And so he wanted of course, he couldn't get Pat because Pat was very sick at that time and she was not doing this stuff anymore. She was pretty much retired. So he wanted somebody to come to the party and do some stage hypnosis at the party. And I and he kept calling and calling. I said, no, no, that's not what I do. That's not what I do. Um, and he says, no, I want you to come. You're the only one. I've heard great news about you. I'm having this party. I need you at my party. No, no, no. I'm a serious clinician. I will not do stage <laughs> hypnosis. So the, the story goes, he finally, after several weeks of calling my office, constantly asking, he said, I'm sending a courier. This is back in the day. They don't do, uh -huh. <laughs> they don't do these things anymore. anymore yeah. But he said, I'm sending a courier to your office with a blank check. My party is in three days. You fill out the check of what you feel is appropriate and the amount, and, and I'll see you on Saturday. Well, the courier now <laughs> comes to the office, <laughs> and he had to wait a little bit because I was in session with someone else, and he sat out there, and I walked out, and he says, this is the check from so-and-so, and I said, okay, fine. Well, 
the end of the story is I fill that check out and I showed up on that Saturday, <laughs> uh, not knowing what I was really doing or how I was going to do it. Because again, I never really studied it or entertained it. And plus no one teaches uh, stage hypnosis. I mean, they do right. today. I do it. Uh, there's a lot of others who, who do it, but there was back in that day, nobody taught it. So I fill out the check. I showed up, I started, uh, hypnotize people and do certain things and everyone was having a good time. I was having a good time. And then I went home and I thought, wow, what a brilliant way to market yourself. Cause we talked about that a little bit earlier in this program to get the word out, to show what you do and have people experience it right there. And so I decided that I'm not going to be the traditional stage hypnotist guy. I'm going to definitely put an educational platform under it where people not only get to benefit from the program, but they get to walk away empowering their lives and they're going to get an education doing that all under laughter and all under having a good time. And so that's what I set out to do 26 years ago, put that program together. And uh, that's currently how it all started and why I do what I do today. And I do both sides. And of course, it's a great marriage because it works very, very well because people get to see how, what and experience it right there and then live. And so that's an amazing process. And so that's the humble story of how the whole thing really started, where I had no concept or clue where what I I didn't want to do it. And, and so the, I guess that was in the end, the destiny. I guess club. so. Hey, so. I have a question for you. Um, is it harder? Like, I, I don't know about your stage shows, but is it harder to hypnotize a single person or a group? Like if you've got four or five people up there? Yeah, no. Um, that's the other thing that when people walk away from my programs, whether it be a lecture, because I'm always doing hypnosis. It's constant oh. every single day. And so whether it be one person, 10 people, 30 people, 40 people, 100 people, the, the process is the same and it's different because other people who have witnessed or seen other stage hypnotists or seen other people being hypnotizing groups before they always say, Oh yeah, there's always like uh, 30 people that go up there. And by the time he's done with the hypnotic trance, he only ends up with five people. How do you end up with 30 people? Plus, plus you invite everyone in the audience to try the process in the hypnotic trance. So you not only get 30 people, but now let's say it's a, a, an audience of 100. Well, now you've got 50 people hypnotized, 30 on stage, 20 in the audience. How do you do that? So a lot of hypnotists who ended up following, you know, in my steps or wanted to be a hypnotist, always want to understand and try to get that concept as to how that really works. Again, it comes down to technique, which we talked about a little bit earlier, right. and the process of the trance and how you're guiding that individual to where they need to go. Because in, in the end, it's not me. I'm the guide. I'm the facilitator. I'm helping them where they need to go for this experience and on this ride. That's my that's my real job. I don't have any power. I don't have any magic voodoo dust. I don't sprinkle it on you and you get cured and walk away or you get hypnotized. This is not how the process works. So, yeah. It's all I, about I was teaching, well, I was teaching a psychic development class once, you know, for basic psychic development. And, you know, to teach people how to meditate, you know, you know that whole steps to meditation. Yeah. I had one girl get up and she goes, no, you're hypnotizing us. 
And I said, what do you mean I'm hypnotizing you? I've got you looking at this candle, and I've got you going down the steps to relax. You know, you're relaxing every yeah. part of your body. She says, well, that's like hypnotism. And I'm like, well, I'm not hypnotizing you. You know, yeah. I'm trying to help you open your, you know, your stuff to your chakras or whatever, you know, or whatever to, to see out. But she felt that she felt that my training was, was like a hypnotist. And I was like, okay. Well, because you're going into a progressive relaxation. And so right, okay. people make that mistake with meditation, yoga, or or anything along the lines, it's all the same, but not the same. And it's really hard to explain to people mm -hmm. why what you're hearing and what you were doing, which is a guided visualization or a meditation, mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're thinking it's a hypnotic state. In actuality, technically, I can say that it is. It is, yeah. It's not a formal, but it's it's pretty much the same. Now, the differences between hypnotic state, meditated state, a uh, yoga state, all these other states, a Buddhist state, is this. In a hypnotic state, and of course, I'm very biased to it, uh, because again, and, and I've done my research and I've and I've mm -hmm. and I've explored all the other modalities. So it's not like I'm just talking out of my hat. Mm -hmm. The differences are the following: when you're in, you're in a true hypnotic state, it's a self-hypnotic state. You're actually in control of everything around you and including your environment, which is, again, very, very important. Because when you're in a meditative state, guided visualization state, uh, again, et cetera, et cetera, all the other states, those states, you're open to the negative and the negative energy, right. whatever's coming in around you. You're not really blocking those things out. Right. Unless you have a good facilitator like what you were possibly doing that day mm -hmm. and you were really helping them to keep out the negatives and aligning the chakras and all of that. But you cannot top. It's the hierarchy. Hypnosis is that state that controls every facet. That's why, again, the industry, the movie industry, television, newspapers sensationalize the control Mm -hmm. That's the only control that's going on. It's not the hypnotist. That's what you see and what your perception is. It's really the individual controlling that state and where they want to be. So, of course, it's not going to be negative because you don't want to create a negative environment. It's going to be constantly positive. So that's the differences in between all of the states. So I hope, hope that helps people to clear that up. It does. And the other question I had, too, along that line was, you know, when somebody has to be hypnotized to go back to any, a certain event in their life, like, like, like something they blocked out. Is that how that works with that, too? Well, that's regression or right. you know, some some call it past life regression. Um, it's a regression, no matter how you look at it. And so those are very, very helpful in the medical side um, to where people have these experiences from a past or the, you need to be regressed back to that point of trauma where you need to get that information to bring it forward to cleanse it or just to remove it and rewire the brain yeah yeah i'll tell you about a past life experience if you want to get into that okay. too sure, go ahead. How, that, how that works yeah so early on again in my career the word got out and not just to the industry and the and the entertainment industry and all of these things it, it got out pretty much nationwide. Uh, I guess the website helped as well because it's hypnotist.com and I've, I've owned that. I got in early uh, on, the, on the social media and all of that stuff before anyone <laughs> even was aware of what was happening. And so 
when I when I got the website, of course, people are now, oh, what, what's a hypnotist? Oh, I'll go to hypnotist.com and boom, they find me, right? And then mm-hmm. and then fortunately enough, I'm I was able to, you know, have all of these television appearances and already have my reputation uh, working on my career to be what it is. So I get this phone call from this woman, very, very wealthy woman from Connecticut. And her issue was I have this severe pain in my shoulder and I've been to every specialist, every doctor in the entire world. I can do that. I'm so-and-so and I have the resources to do it. And I've had this pain for 40 years and no one has been able to help me with this pain. I've been in every medication, surgery. She went on and on and on about this pain of 40 years. I feel that you're the person who is going to help me take away the pain. I've heard enough about you. I've read about you on the website and you're that one who's going to do it for me. So I said, okay. We set up uh, six sessions with her and she was to fly out to California, come to my office and we were uh, to proceed with the process. So the first thing that we did was I, Again, like anything else, you have to prep an individual, educate them, have given them a better understanding about what hypnosis is, what it isn't. And she felt that her experience was going to be healed through a past life experience. Hmm. And so I told her my stance on past lives. It doesn't mean I don't do them, but Hmm. I'm a little more scientific where being scientific, just like getting into hypnosis for me, was a big challenge because I would outthink, overthink what was really happening instead of being in the, in the experience. Kind of like the work that you're in. Mm-hmm. You have to really be open and see for what it is to understand what it really is and not take the stance of skeptic and cynicism and, and all of these things that we do as humans, you have to really be open and allow the process to happen, right? right, right. So past life regressions, if there's no scientific evidence or proof of, of this stuff happening, then for me, it doesn't exist because I read Shirley MacLaine books. I, I Back in the 70s and 80s when past lives were really taking flight and everyone was doing them and it was a big thing and there's just no hardcore evidence of this. So I I explained this to her. It doesn't mean I won't do them. doesn't mean I can't do them. Mm -hmm. It just means that this is my stance. So I proceeded to do a past life with her through the applications of hypnosis because you don't, you can only get somebody into a past life. If you're doing, you have to do hypnosis or meditation, right? Right. So she goes into this past life. And I asked her to describe everything. And it was like a classic uh, movie from, from the West, the old West, okay, where they're coming across the country and they're coming to California to hit the gold rush. And as they get halfway, there's a big fight that breaks out. So all the covered wagons get into a circle. All the women and children are asked to go to the back of the uh, – the wagon for protection while everyone else fights the Indians. Well, this arrow comes blazing through the canvas of the wagon and gets her right in the shoulder. 
So, of course, back in 1800s time, medical technology isn't as advanced as it is today. So this is where the root of the issue was for her in this past life. So, of course, during the past life, we healed that process with modern medicine and technology. Of course, not real application. This is all within our mind. And allowing her to heal that pain that she's been carrying for 40 years. Take her out of the past life. And the magic happened. Gone. No more pain. 40 years, completely healed from the process. So it doesn't matter what my stance or my take is on a past life regression. I'm interested in the end result. And the end result is someone getting healed from the process and allowing them to have a positive experience. That's amazing. Yeah. Was there any evidence evidence of her? I'm trying to get rid of that light. Uh, The sun's starting to come in around the side here. Um, So was there any evidence of this or it it didn't matter and it doesn't matter. And so I never really researched it or got into it. It didn't matter to me. My, my objective was that, did she get healed from the process and she removed this pain of 40 years, this chronic pain? Absolutely. So, so that's the kind of stuff that happens, you know, that's amazing, you know, because there there have been studies and people that this has happened to over the years where, where they have had these pains or that they have a mark on their on their arm or whatever that goes back to a past life, you know, from a past injury. Right. It's fascinating. It's absolutely right. fascinating. Right. It's absolutely fascinating. The whole process is is absolutely fascinating. To watch this unfold is absolutely fascinating. I mean, everything about it, um, again, if you're into that kind of thing, even if you're not – just, just to allow and see that to take effect, it's, you just stand in awe. And, you know, even after 26 years of doing this, I'm still in awe of so many different things of when I get into the serious side. And not only the serious side, by the, but even when I'm doing the entertainment, there's so many different things that happen with the experience, no matter where I'm at. It's different every single time somebody experiences hypnosis. And that's what makes my job so, so enjoyable and so fascinating uh, because, again, my analytical mind needs that and wants to see that. So I'm going to win-win. <laughs> so when you're doing the entertainment thing, I've seen um, entertainment hypnotists in the past. Yes. And, you know, the whole bark, you know, I'm going to make you bark like a dog. I'm going to make you do this. I'm going yeah, to yeah. have you do that. Is that what you do when you're on stage? Absolutely not because my job is not to <laughs> – you're not one of those. No, but see how you go on your program. That again, I don't know who does that or where they do that. I, I've been doing this for 26 years, and I studied the the greats of the the the, the greats of the shoulders of, that I stand on, who came before me, and I, I've never seen anyone do these things. But television and newspapers constantly talk about it, and I've never seen it in the history. I've never. It doesn't. It doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned because I have no evidence or proof that people are barking like dogs, which, again, everyone every day hear the same things. Cluck like a chicken, all of these things. And, you know, the joke that I do uh, when I'm doing a lecture, <laughs> when I'm doing uh, uh, clinical hypnosis or I'm doing uh, the stage hypnosis, that I always – 
use that joke where, you know, I'm not going to make anybody cluck like a chicken, bark like a dog. As a matter of fact, who wants to volunteer and come up on the stage? Oh, you want to volunteer and come up on the stage? Okay, can you tell, and just get this out of the way right now. Can you show us and, 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 and sound for us what a chicken sounds like? So I'll get, I'll get the fun, willing person before they even come up on the stage to run around clucking like a chicken. And I haven't technically hypnotized them. And so we get that out of the way immediately. So it's really funny. It's really, you know, it, it puts people at ease because I'm just not interested in giving anyone a negative experience with the applications of hypnosis in any way, shape or form, because there's already in a lot of negative that comes along with it just from right. the media and television. Uh, and that's why I do all these television programs. That's why I do, I'm doing this program today mm -hmm. to educate, uplift and inspire people to have a better understanding of this powerful modality, a natural organic resource that's available to all of us and to allow them to experience it for themselves. So when you do have someone on stage, we'll touch yeah. that. What do you, uh, I'm not gonna say what do you get them to do, but what, what, what in the past have you been able to get from them or out of the, oh, <laughs> the mic, out of them? <laughs> Keep forgetting it's there. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a <laughs> your own mic yeah, is first, right there in your own the shot. first night I was back in here, I had it where my hat brim kept hitting it. Every time I put my head down, it would go bang. It was ugly. So I yeah. finally got the spot I can use, and I got it with my hand today. But, yeah, when you're on stage like that, um, what kind of things – let's put it this way. What, what kind of things do people do when, when, when after, once you hypnotize them on stage? Well, I'll take them. Uh, I'll do a slight regression where they they're uh, back in the third grade, back in math class. Okay. If they're adults, uh, even if they're not adults, I've done I've done shows for birthday parties for kids who are seven, eight, nine, and they're going back to you're three years old. You're back in math class, and they're going into regression. And every time I turn my back and make goofy, silly faces, and you know, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, I'll do again everything done in the show again is in good taste um it's basically everything that i would personally do and i wouldn't have to be in hypnosis quite frankly to do the the funny and the the vulnerable bits that people are going through in the process and i think that's why as well disneyland i'm the only disneyland disney world hypnotist that they ever bring into their venues and their events. I'm that guy as well, because the show is a very audience interactive and it's a family oriented show where there's nothing offensive. And I'm not doing like the X rated or the R rated shows that, that mm -hmm. cause they're out there and they're in Vegas and there are shows and their quality shows for what they are for the environment that they're on. So mm -hmm. if I'm in Vegas, I want to see a little more risque and I want to see things that are R rated X rated and, um, that's Vegas and that's what you go see. Right. So there are uh, colleagues of mine who do do that and they do it quite well. Um, again, I'm not here to judge. That's the experience that they want to have with the applications of hypnosis. And they want others to have that experience. And they're, they're doing quite well with their shows because they're sold out every night and that's what people want. And that's fine. I don't, I don't have any issues with that. But for me, I always want to keep it as a positive, again, educational, fun, experience because that transition will go into the clinical where people start to really think and examine themselves and look in the mirror and go, you know what? 
I have low self-esteem. I have confidence. I have a smoking issue. I have a weight issue. And so that stuff worked for me up on the stage in front of thousands of people because, again, the number one fear, do you know what that is? Number one fear in the world? No. Public speaking. Oh, that's true. Yeah. The number one fear for anyone. And so when you get in front of people, and believe me, I know all too well because I'm an introvert. And so am I. Yeah. So you get it. You get it. And so now, you know, when I started to perform in front of 20,000, 30,000 people, you can imagine from an introvert's perspective how overwhelming that is because I wouldn't even go to to all the parties and all the great things that I was invited to in Hollywood because I was awkward and uncomfortable in front of two people. And so to be that guy you know, I really had to go through a lot of change myself. And of course, hypnosis helped me get through that. And so that's what I want to do for others as well, is to really allow them to have this experience where now they start to look in the mirror and they go, well, you know what? I'm human. And there's some changes I would like to make in my life, just like me. And as I continue to do to this day, because we're not perfect people. And so there's always something that we want to change in our life. And for me, those were the number two, the, the two biggest things for me in the beginning of all of this uh, was number one, introvert and being shy. And number two, I was a nail biter. I used to bite my nails all the way down. And I thought, wow. So that was actually the first thing that I worked on with hypnosis was nail biting. From there, of course, I started to get uh, uh, asked for more and more appearances and, and cringing inside going, oh, I, I don't so of course I had to handle that. And so <laughs> hypnosis has been instrumental major in those two areas of my life. And of course, there's many other changes um, that have happened, but also as well as other people who have changed their lives with the applications of hypnosis. Again, I, it's not me with the magic powers. I don't have the power. I have the power to guide and facilitate and to take people through an experience, kind of like what you did with that right. meditation to right. empower an individual, or in your case, line up the chakras, to allow them to feel whole, complete, so they can continue on this journey of life to experience it at their maximum potential. Interesting. I was just thinking of a question while you were talking. When somebody goes under like that, because um, you, I mean, again, going back to what I've seen, which obviously isn't <laughs> really cool, but um, about remembering what they've did when they were under hypnosis are people able to do that or or, or you know or, or or no yeah good question uh yes and no it depends on the individual the personality some will have the experience um they completely forgotten everything they have no concept or clue what happened that's why we make a, a videotape available after the stage hypnosis okay, shows where they can see themselves and and start to <laughs> and realize yeah that was that was you <laughs> Because it's not in their nature, it's not in their personality. Even their friends and family would be like, oh my goodness, I, I, I can't believe what just happened with that person. So yeah, some remember, some don't. It depends on the individual, how they allowed themselves to experience the process. So it's very, very individualistic and it really depends on the person. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, that was my. That was another question I had. Is you know, do they get to see what they what they did on stage, or is their family going to laugh at them? But you just answered that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely. I videotape all the programs, and so I, I, 
yeah, they, they get to see that for themselves <laughs> as to what happened. But, yeah. I even funny. go back and look at some of them myself because, you know, as, as the entertainer or, or the person who's the stage hypnotist, it's really hard to see it from the audience perspective because you're the one guiding the entire process. So you're not really seeing it yourself. You're seeing things happen, but you're not really enjoying the full flavor of like, you know, right. sitting there watching a show. So I'll go back and watch some of these because some of them are so powerful and so dynamic. And I walk, I'll walk off stage and go, wow. <laughs> you know? So I'll go back and look at it myself and just enjoy as an audience uh, member looking at this as a third person, uh, point of view so yeah it's really fun without naming names is there are, are there any um particular times that you've done it that stand out any names that stand out i no, no i don't you don't have to name names okay. i'm just saying anybody that you've regressed that that something within them that stand out that you can tell us about um gee um i've already told you the story about the lady with the shoulder um but I think a lot of the celebrity work that I've done, which is televised, and again, I can talk about that. Yeah, okay, I okay. That's cool. I don't have to keep that confidential because um, it's public. It's it was on television. It's there, you know. And so um, that's the great thing, also, because I get to show people uh, on the serious side what which other hypnotists cannot do, other hypnotherapists cannot do which is they can't show the insides or behind the curtain of what, ha what happens in a hypnotherapy session. You see, mm -hmm. I get to do that because I have hypnotized in a hypnotherapy session and I show people what's behind the curtain because it was on television. So yeah, a lot of great things have come along and I've been gifted with that others can't do. Um, because again, everything, if it's a serious hypnosis, it's, it's confidential. It's like any other therapy or right. any medical. Right. It's confidential, and that information is private to the individual. And so, you know, I have an oath that I have to keep to, you know, keep that in perspective. But uh, some of the quirky and crazy things are always with the, the, the celebrities. And if you just go again, you can go watch them for yourselves. We have to discuss it because it's much better watching it. So I don't want to ruin the surprise. But if you go on the YouTube channel, the site, my website, you can see some of the celebrities that I've hypnotized, like uh, Denise Richards and, uh, oh, my gosh, I, you know, the list goes on and on. I, I, I can't even mm -hmm. sit here and give you the, the list. It's all there. Um, the unique thing with her, which was so interesting, because she didn't come in for anything traditional that one would think. She actually came in, and the producers told me something different uh, bef before she came in, and we had set that whole thing up. Um, so I was under the impression we were going to do something completely different in the, in the office. And she's decided um, they're not going to do any of that or she wasn't aware of what they wanted to do. And she wanted to um, basically be hypnotized because she had just um, had another baby or it was her children. She was much more concerned about her children. And she has a mouth like a sailor. She's a lot of vulgarity. She's swearing every other word. Uh, and you would think, gee, Denise Richards, uh, mm -hmm. you know, this whole wholesome image that we have of her and all this stuff that what that was her issue. And she said, no, that's what I want. And we filmed it. And it's there live. You can go watch it yourself where um, she wanted to be hypnotized to stop swearing and using vulgarity and not only in her personal life, but in front of her children and all of that kind of thing. So. I thought that was unique and, and interesting back in those days. Uh, right. 
you know, again, I've been in this 26 years, seen all kinds of things, all kinds of different things. And again, it's not my position to judge uh, when someone calls me with some of the unique things that we as a society or a world, you know, frown upon or think about, oh, that's not, why should that be? I mean, we all have issues in different ways. We all communicate and we all receive communication differently in our world. And so I'm not here to judge. I'm here to utilize the gifts to help someone get to their ultimate maximum potential in life through the modality of hypnosis because I'm passionate about it. I believe in it, of course. I've been doing it for 26 years and I've seen massive changes in millions of people's lives because of the work that I do. And again, it's not about me. It's about mm -hmm. trusting and allowing my techniques, my applications, my experience, my professionalism to, to guide them to where they need to be and give them those tools that they're hungry for. That's really my job. So you want to call me a hypnotist, you want to call me a mentor, you want to call me a coach, you want to call, call me call me whatever you want. The bottom line is that's the work that I do. It's helping people to help themselves and utilizing these powerful techniques of hypnosis, neuro-linguistic programming, and other modalities to get those individuals the help that they need to move forward to enjoy life 100%. That's Absolutely. really cool. Yeah. Hey, what about COVID? I mean, everybody's been locked up for a year. Have you been getting yeah. calls to to do to to work with people because they're they're coming out of that, that COVID hibernation? I love that question because I, I'm going to I'm going to give you another story. Okay. So, of course, through the years, I uh, have been very challenged with my private practice and my clinic of seeing people. Because as the word got out, of course, more and more people want to come and visit you because they want help because your success rate is heard about, your technique, and everybody wants a piece of you and wants to get in for session. So I had to devise a system, and we're going back now 17 years, I think, 17 years, where... I would visit the clinic on certain days, but visiting the clinic for me would, would now we only have 24 hours in a day. So you mm -hmm. get a travel time to and from, you've got to sleep, all of these things. And so I, I, I had to figure out how to maximize time. And I also had to figure out when people are calling me from Japan and Europe and France and England, and they're, they're desperate for help, but they can't, and they can't afford to, to come to LA to see me. So I had to really start thinking about what techniques I'm going to do. So early, early, early on, I started utilizing the technology we have today, just like the technology we have here, mm -hmm. right? This isn't Zoom. This is, uh, who is this? StreamYard. Stream, StreamYard, yeah. So Zoom, StreamYard, um, all of these platforms um, were, well, StreamYard wasn't around, but it, mm -hmm. was, it was others. And so... I utilize those platforms to talk to clients and plus we had a time change as well to talk to patients in Europe, in Japan uh, and do therapy exactly as we're doing it right now or over the phone that don't not only maximize my time, but I was able to see more patients during any given day. And so my colleagues got wind of this. And of course there's always hate in the world 
because someone's envious or jealous. Mm -hmm. And so I had a lot of flack. I got, even when I first got into this business uh, and it was medical right away. I, I became on staff at uh, White's Memorial as a TMJ specialist through the help of open-minded doctors there and then Cedar sinai and some of these very prestigious hospitals. And we couldn't call it hypnosis. We had to call it guided visual. There's all kinds of uh, uh, pushback back in the day. Now it's becoming more mainstream. But even with the work that I was doing as a therapist, I was getting frowned upon with the psychologist, my own colleagues. Everyone was, no, no, this is not how you do that. This is not, this is not ethical. And all of these things that became very, very negative. And so I kept pushing forward because I really believed in what was happening. And I was seeing the results and people were helping themselves. And so the irony is why I tell you all of this is fast forward to our current pandemic that happened a year ago. So all of the medical professionals, including my colleagues, now are in a tailspin because we can't see people. We can't have office visits. And there was no uh, protocols in place at that time. This is the early beginnings of the pandemic. So no one knew what to do, but everyone was losing work and there was no business and people were in a tailspin. So guess who they were calling? Me. And so I became a coach to help and to guide people, you see how they, everything becomes cyclical? When you're really truing, doing what is truth, the, the rest will fall into place. You know, feel the dreams. I love that movie because, again, do what you love and the rest will come. You just, you, sometimes you're going to work hard for it and there's going to be a lot of pushback. But if you really believe it in your heart and it's meant to be, it's going to happen, right? So I don't want to get my soapbox. But long story short, <laughs> fast forward 20-something uh, years, uh, 24. 26, 26 years, I'm getting the phone calls. How do you do that, Kevin? Please help us. We want to start. And now they, they call it telemedicine. And now it's a, it's a mainstream thing because of the pandemic. You got a de you have dentists who are doing dentistry over this format and this technology. And, and so that's what it all became about. And so I became a coach and I became a mentor and I became a trainer helping others in the medical profession to do exactly what I've been doing for the last 20 something years. So of course now I'm a hero, but back then it was taboo and I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing and how dare I, and you know, <laughs> you're giving all of us a bad name and all of that negativity that came around. Well, here we are. And so, yeah, I, it's, it's a great question for me because, um, I don't get asked that and people don't really think about that. So good for you. <laughs> Another question I have is your sessions. How, how long do they last? Uh, about an hour. Yeah. Okay. Roughly an hour, no longer. Uh, and then it depends on how many. So let's say smoking, smoking can be anywhere between one to six sessions, mm -hmm. but again, everything's individualistic. I've had people stop during a stage hypnosis show because at the end like I said, it's an educational platform, and I also give them empowerment at the end. I do a, a, what, what I perfected many years ago, which is a mini hypnotherapy session at the end of the show where it's not boring and people aren't sitting there going, What's, what just happened here? We're having fun, and now it's, now it's you know sterile and boring. It's kind of incorporated into the whole thing where you don't even know what's really happening. But at the end, I empower people, and I allow them – because they've already been hypnotized throughout the entire process of the stage show, I give them suggestions mm -hmm. in a clinical way 
to change your lives. So I've had great success with that over the years, obviously, and that's why I continue to do that, where people have stopped smoking 40 years, two and a half packs a day, camel non-filter, stopped right there on the stage. Wow. You know, stuff like that. So all kinds of great reports and emails and stuff that has come in through the years of, you know, because I I never know till that somebody tells me because I know the work that I'm doing, but nobody comes up to me. Now, in the case of the smoker, that happened live right there where, you know, he asked to take the microphone. He proceeded to go into his pocket, tell his story. I'm a 40-year smoker, two and a half packs a day, camel non-filter, and I had the greatest experience ever on this stage today. I didn't want to come up. My wife saw this guy on TV. She knew what was going to happen. I'm a skeptic. I was cynical, but I had the best time ever. I feel absolutely amazing. And then he gave us some suggestions, and my suggestion was to stop smoking and he reaches into his pocket, pulls out a fresh pack of Camel non-filter, crumbles them up, throws them to the ground, declares he's not a non-smoker 40 years, two and a half packs a day. And the crowd is in awe and everyone's cheering. It's like a, it's like a movie. Three weeks later, I call him up. I said, hey, what's happening? Still there? Do you need reinforcement? I stopped that day. I'm done. Thank you so much. So that's the kind of experiences. That's the kind of stuff that happens mm-hmm. in my programs. Yeah. I have a question in the chat room. We probably covered this, but we'll ask it again anyway. Can Kevin hypnotize anyone? Yes, including animals. And I can hypnotize all the way down to five years of age. Wow. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal when you watch a six-year-old uh, get hypnotized. And, of course, the parents is like, how do I do that? How do I, <laughs> how do I learn these, these techniques? Because as a parent, it can get frustrating at times. And, you know, raising children is not easy as, at all times. And so when you see the <laughs> when you see the child, six years old, seven, five, go into a hypnotic state. And that's just the stage stuff. But even the clinical side uh, and mm-hmm. they watch this because they're always there. They're in the room. It's nothing where it's, you know, they're there the entire time. They're just completely fascinated by when the child goes into this hypnotic state. And quite frankly, it's not much work for me. Um, I've devised different techniques over the years for different personalities and different individuals, but children are pretty much in a hypnotic state 24-7. So it's, awesome. it doesn't take much for me to guide them where they need to go. I just need to get them into a different fr- mindset Uh and the illusion of what you see on TV and in the movies is what happens behind the curtain. They're going to that relaxed state and they're, you know, look like they're zombied out. And that's when the parents get impressed because they're like, how did you even get my kid to relax? My kid doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a question. This is something as a newspaper reporter that I ask my interviews, you're standing on a street, let's say Vegas. Since Vegas is Vegas. And it's a street full of hypnotists. Okay. And you're standing outside your particular venue and you're trying to draw people in. How do you do that? Wow, that's an excellent question. And not too far off from reality, by the way, because we have massive conventions. As a matter of fact, there's one coming up in August uh, called Hypno Thoughts, where all of the hypnotists gather. <laughs> uh, and we. Hypno Thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a great name. That's what the organizers named it. Oh, that's uh, awesome. And so all the hypnotists get together. There's another giant conven- convention called the National Guild of Hypnotists over in Nashua, New Hampshire. They get together every August. And so we all gather. We we, we, we do clump up like that. But to to get them in to um, see the show, that's a, that's a good question because I, 
for me personally, it's not too challenging because I've established myself as to who I am and Hollywood hypnotist speaks for itself. I mean, mm -hmm. people don't remember the, the rest of my name. They just, if I could come up to me after a show and they go, um, I'm sorry, I forgot your name, but I know it's Hollywood hypnotist. Is it okay if I call you that? You can call me anything. Just don't call me Shirley. Right. So, yeah. So uh, for me, I, I would think if I'm, going back to some of my earlier days to get them in, I would, um, again, just promote the positiveness of the feeling. I'd probably hypnotize somebody right there on the street. They call it street hypnosis now. Uh -huh. Again, everything has a name now. Back when I got into this, nothing had a name. And so there is actual street hypnosis. So I'd probably hypnotize anyone who, who was there and willing and to show them right there and then do this little mini hypnosis show right there on the street to get him into the full, you know, evening performance of what was going to happen. That's probably how I would do it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. How can people get a hold of you? Oh, easy. Hypnotist.com. I'm going to spell it because sometimes even when I spell it, when I'm typing uh, <laughs> an email, I misspell it. And I'm thinking, wow, I've had this website for 26 years. <laughs> sometimes I even misspell it. So it's hypnotist.com, H-Y-P, as in Paul, N-O-T-I-S-T.com. So easy, so simple to remember. And if you go there, you find all kinds of fascinating information, free information, all the questions that one has about hypnosis, I've, through the years, answered them. That way you don't have to send off an email and waste your time, waste my time. Pretty much everything is there. There's a link uh, or a tab on the website where you can just hit that tab and most of your questions will be answered. But if not, email me. Um, I, I do answer my own emails. However, it may take me a couple of days to get to you because, again, I have a massive amount of emails daily that come in for all kinds of questions. People want help and they have all kinds of things from all around the world. So it's not like I'm ignoring you. I will get back to you personally because I do handle those all me. I don't have an assistant that does that. I refuse to have an assistant to do that. If you have a question, email me. There's also on the website, we put up uh, one of those instant chats. So if you go there, you can chat immediately with somebody. Now, you're not necessarily going to get me, but you'll get a qualified, experienced individual who will answer your questions if you have any questions at all. So that's how immediate things have become when they contact me through the website, which is hypnotist.com. And then from there, you can call my office. Uh, there's so many various ways to get a hold of me, but the main way, because I'm up on all the social media, the YouTube, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Uh, and again, like I said, we, I understood the, those markets early on and I was able to get, you know, the hypnotist.com, which is, uh, I always tell people that is my retirement. When I retire, I'll sell the hypnotist.com because it's like McDonald's.com, right? Oh yeah. So, you'll be able to sell that for the high mark. Boy. Absolutely. And so I get, I get requests pretty much every other day, of somebody wanting to buy it and not just somebody I'm talking about major corporations because it's a, it's a great domain. And so that'll be my retirement at the end of the, the oh, actual so website. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, Thank they can get me any way they want. Terrific. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Well, no, thank you for having me because again, we had a great chat. You had some great questions and I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, are we live right now? Or is this going to be edited and broadcast? Are we We're live? live right now. We're oh, well, even better. 
because this is what I'm going to do for the listening audience, the watching okay. audience. However, you're going to do it. I'm going to make this available for seven days. Seven days from today, this offer will be available because of this program and because of you allowing me to come on and talk about this amazing application. I'm going to offer for free a $190 self-hypnosis package where if you email me through the site, hypnotist.com, and put in the header the name of this program and your name, and maybe tell us a little bit how you like the program, if you have a question. But if you contact me, we will email you an MP3 programming system called self-hypnosis, and you will be able to take yourself in hypnosis, out of hypnosis, and to change your life with that program. $190 program, free for one week because of the uh, amazing people that are watching, listening to this program. All right. That's really cool. That's awesome. I might even uh, take you up on it. That's Absolutely. Matter of fact, uh, I have your email. I'm going to send you one. You're the first okay. one. As soon as we get off of this. See, I'm guys, I'm the first victim. I'll do it to prove it to you guys. It's so cool. <laughs> and then you, too, can bark like a dog. Yeah. I can bark like a dog. <laughs> And I could say, I could say he got in my head. He was staring at me and got in my head. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much. I know. We'll do it again. We'll try, yes, we'll try to get together and have you on again. I was just going to say that. I'd love it. All, All right, right, Kevin. Good. Thank you. Have a great evening. Stay safe. Yes. Yep, you Bye. too. All right. So that was terrific. Anyhow, we'll be back on our regular time on Monday. Let me fix my camera. Moving forward. There we go. See? Now you can kind of see me. Um, we'll be back on Monday at 6.30 p.m. with our good friend Kathleen Martin to talk about UFOs and alien abductions that she's worked on during her career with MUFON. So I'm excited about that. And uh, like I said, we may be going to three shows a, a week in July. We'll see how that goes. I'm, I mean, here are, I'm only at the 17th, and I'm already booked up for, for July as far as shows go. So people are wanting to come and see us and i'm excited about that again the t-shirts are for sale on the website at www.californiahauntsradio.com i keep wanting to say org because my my regular uh, paranormal team is a org so i keep wanting to go back to that but it's californiahauntsradio.com and you see that thing running at the bottom it's my turn to beg for some cash here just like channels just like kvie I want to keep these good shows coming to you, and the only way I can do that is through donations. We, my team is nonprofit, and everything that comes in either goes for equipment for the team or it goes towards the Internet and the other equipment that we use for this show. So I thank you all for coming, and I will see you on Monday, okay? Let me get the thing clicked over. There we go. Someday I'll have everything prepared like I used to. But again, thank you guys for coming, and I will see you on Monday.